I'm Carlo, Carlo Pietro Sanfilippo, and this is my podcast. With this project, I want to explore the means, methods, tools, and examples of living on purpose, living the life we want, doing the things that light us up, things that make us feel like we're alive, growing, making a difference, and enjoying the process along the way. Welcome to It's the Journey. Okay, everybody, welcome back to It's the Journey. And if you're a first-time listener, thank you so much for joining me. For everyone, you know, what I'm trying to do here is just to provide examples of people moving in the direction of their dreams. And um, I was thinking about something I read from Earl Nightingale a while back where he said that success is the progressive realization of a worthy goal or ideal. So... You know, it's the progressive realization, you know, it's the journey. And so it made me think of like, if we're moving towards what we want, towards what's important, then we're doing it. If we spend this day, this week, this month or year doing things that are helping us realize our vision, then we're doing it. And this is kind of, I'm trying to create a counterbalance to this fire hose of negativity that we're seeing from you know social media and the news that can make us feel helpless, anxious, depressed about these huge global things over which we have no control. And then we get so consumed by those, we forget the things that we can control, which are you know, mostly our thoughts and our actions. So the other thing I want to explore that, that I've been thinking about a lot lately is just the whole concept of being the change that we want to see. With all that, I'm super excited for my guest today, who I think is a good example of both of these. And for those of you who read Afterlife, you know what a major impact that improv had on my life during a really important healing time for me. And for my listeners, you know how many amazing, wonderful, and inspiring people that I'm lucky enough to have in my life because of this super cool art form. And so today, I'm excited to spend time with my friend, Kevin McKernan, who's the founder of The Improv Shop. So if you don't know Kevin, Kevin is a kind, humble, smart, caring guy. He's a super thoughtful and patient and motivating teacher. Uh, He's a wonderful husband, father, and I'm sure he's great at the other roles he plays on this stage of life. And so I'm super excited to dive into his journey to hear his stories and to learn about his yes ands that help bring the improv shop into our city and into the world. So, and, and the stories that help him co-create this super, super kind and awesome and loving tribe of people that has impacted so many lives, including my own. So with all that, let's meet Kevin. Hey, Kevin. Hi, Carlo. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. Thanks for joining me. Spending some that time with you. That was too sweet of a, of a little intro there. No, man. It's all true. And, well, uh, you know. I hope I can live up to that one day, but I oh, appreciate shoot. that very much. You know, I was thinking about because I, kn- I knew you would say something like that. It was just my experience <laughs> with you. <laughs> like, uh, there's a book called Good to Great. Have you ever have you ever read or seen that? Or? I have read it actually. Yeah, about about businesses and how they 
which one's kind of the guy kind of right. It's this one that where he yeah. finds the patterns of businesses and what makes them stand out as excellent or something. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And you were, yeah. you were, you were reminding me of that, the style of leadership that he says is important of like the guy that isn't the Lee Iacocco that like, that's like, look at me and this is my thing. And I am the improv shop. You know, yeah, you, you funny. are like pushing like, no, this guy and this guy and this guy, you, you are helping other people succeed and, and look good and have fun. And, and that's, that's what he described as a, as a great leader. And so that's so you funny like it that or... you say that because I remember something from that book that got me down, that got me down, <laughs> of course, was that he said something about like great leaders have to also be great managers. Do you remember uh, this? I don't know. I think, I'm pretty sure this is that book. Because yeah. that, the, 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 of course, the, of course, the thing I remember from that book is like, well, I guess I'll never be great because I'm a terrible manager <laughs> of people. Anyway, that's funny. You're great at finding. Yeah, I'm. I'm terrible manager myself, but I find people. I find people that are good at doing that themselves. So uh, that's what you did. Yeah, that's funny. (laughs) Um, That's right. That's a nice little mic. Like you say a very nice thing, and then you bring up that book, and of course, my takeaway is like, well, I'll never. (laughs) It's just one more example about like a positive mindset, and I'm starting so (laughs) negative about myself. Well, the, you're you're uh, you're constantly checking your own ego to keep you from being a uh, uh, I don't know. You could turn the improv shop into an evil, evil corporation. Yeah, there you go. Okay, I'll take it. I'll take that one. Okay. <laughs> That's but funny. Uh, you know, and you know, it's like you and I have had so many fun conversations, and yeah. I, I've sitting at the bar and just chatting about life, uh, and then I've heard either in those times or when you're on stage bits and pieces of like how you came to create this, you know, this organization. And, and mm-hmm. I know, you know, you'll probably already co-created it because other people did it, you know, you know, that's right. I mean, it, is. it was, that's it, and that's absolutely true. But, um, but there was probably, there was one, there was something at some point mm-hmm. in your life mm-hmm. where there was a little thing in your head that you said yes to, that started the ball rolling. Yeah. And I know there were things that led up to that. So like that led, led you to that. So I, I, I uh, kind of want to just dive into that and like, sure. well, well, and, and hear, hear your story and, and, and that kind of thing. Yeah, sure. You want me to just go? Yeah. You just go like, okay. like so yeah, yeah, what, yeah. Yeah. What, so how did you, how I'll did you find? First, yeah. Yeah. The first, the first big thing I always say was that uh, I took an improv class in high school at uh, St. Louis University High School, and I had a really dynamic, awesome mentor teacher that became a friend uh, named Mr. Joe Schulte at uh, St. Louis U High, who had been there, who he's passed away now, but um, he had been there for like 50 plus years, I think like wow. damn near 60 years or something like, you know, and uh, and I was introverted, I'll, I'll do a short version of it because it could take forever, but I was, a, I was introverted. I still am introverted. Uh, didn't know what I was getting myself into. I think dropped like Spanish or something and needed something to fill the old schedule. And my mom actually had Mr. Schulte as a teacher when she was in high school. And Whoa. she was like, go to Mr. Schulte. He's a, he's a neat guy. He'll, you know, go, go to one of his classes. And so I think I was a sophomore, maybe a junior. And the whole class was seniors at the time. Which just that kind of thing in high school and, and even now still like just intimidated me 
um right like when age like matters in terms of intimidation back there in the uh, yeah. when you're younger yeah a couple of years is a big deal huh? yeah couple, yeah these guys like had beards <laughs> and girlfriends and stuff and whatever uh, and anyway so i went to this class and was totally like oh I, I didn't even know what it was i honestly didn't even know what improv was i knew it had something to do with acting didn't know what it was went there just kind of on a lark and uh and i, I remember him coming down the stairs and he was a big guy and he had a big voice, very, um, what is the word? Boisterous or whatever. I don't know. Uh, big character, big personality. And, uh, bo- boisterous isn't the word, right? That's what I was, that was in my head, but I didn't want to interrupt because I do that. Too yeah, no. Not boi- boisterous <laughs> is like when you're like kind of like self congrat, right? Yeah, yeah. And then you're gre- gregarious. Yeah, Rah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, he's gregarious. Okay. So I am using it right? I don't know. I think so. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, in this in this scene, that's that's what yes. that means. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Big personality. And he came down and he had kind of a high-pitched boy. And he's like, ah, improv's all about taking a risk. Uh, and if you don't want to take a risk, you probably shouldn't be here. And well, it like, sounds ah. like Gilbert Godfrey. Yeah, yeah, which does not capture it well. It's a bad, it wasn't him. Just to be clear, it is a bad. My impression is a bad impression. <laughs> okay, um, he didn't quite sound like that, but uh, I remember that very clearly as the first line of the class, and I thought, "Oh my god, that is not what I want to do around people that are older than me and me being very shy." Um, and I guess, uh, long story short, the class was awesome. Obviously, it was super awesome. And the guys that were in the class that were like football players and stuff that I was totally intimidated by uh, were actually really kind and fun and welcoming to me. And I always think that's such a that's such a pivotal part, because if they had been kind of jerks, you know, like if they had made me feel small or stupid for kind of taking a liking to this thing, um, which is totally what I thought and probably could have very easily happened. Yeah. (laughs) If they would have done anything like that, I probably would have, you know, I, I just know myself and I would have uh, unfortunately know myself and I would have like given up and like curled up and like, been like, I can't ever do that again. I'm so embarrassed. Um, but they were really awesome. And so that was the very first thing. The second thing um, is that after high school, didn't have much of a direction, went to Indiana U, didn't have anything. I was really necessary. I think it was undecided when I went there uh, in terms of a major and everything. And and Mr. Schulte, before I left, said, uh, you know, you're, if there's an improv group there, you should audition for it. Uh, just like while well, we were just hanging out one day. And I didn't even know that was a thing. Like, I didn't know yeah. there were like improv groups. And he's like, I bet a, a college campus as big as Indiana U probably has uh, an improv group. And if it's there, you should audition. And I didn't really think much of it. Then, uh, and, and you just cut me off if I'm going too long on this. No, no. This is okay. Yeah, you're good. Then, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. And then I went to Indiana U. And uh, again, another kind of long story short, my high school girlfriend, who was my girlfriend going into college, broke up with me. First breakup, kind of devastating, heartbreak thing. Um, big deal at the time uh, to me uh, in terms of feeling really low. Uh, broke up with me. And I felt totally at kind of a loss and didn't have any friends, new environment, that whole thing. And, um, and I remember seeing a poster on a kiosk at Indiana U for auditions for an improv show. Like there was a show and then auditions the following weekend. And at the very bottom, uh, I still remember this so much, so, so much. It said, forget for one night. This was about the show going to see their show. Forget for one night that you hate your life. 
which was like pretty, because I really, I don't think I'd ever used those words to describe my life before, except in that, those kind of moments. That was the first time I was really pretty devastated and gutted by something. Yeah. Um, yeah, with this heartbreak in, in early college. And I was like, oh my gosh, that seems like it's speaking to me. So I went to the show. Uh, they brought me up as, as you know, and maybe improv nerds know for, uh, for, uh, the last game of the night, which is called the dream or the nightmare uh-huh. where they interview you about the, your day. And, uh, I raised my hand. It was a huge show too. I just happened to raise my hand cause I was in that headspace of like nothing to lose, feel kind of low. Like I don't, I'm not a hand raiser because I'm, I'm pretty shy by nature, but, uh, they were like, we need a volunteer. And I was thinking, well, I've done some improv. I'll raise my hand and. And uh, they picked me out of this group. And it was like a crowd of like 300. Wow. And, uh, yeah. And I got up there and I thought I was going to do improv, um, which again, <laughs> I can't believe I volunteered myself for, but I was just in that weird spot where you're like, out ah, of hell with it. I got nothing to lose. I'll just get myself out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, they interviewed me about my day and, and I talked about, <laughs> I didn't do improv. They just asked me questions about my life and I was honest and was like, well, my girlfriend just broke up with me. I'm here at this oh, improv gosh. show by myself. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like oh my god this poor this poor guy this little freshman here at indiana u is totally lost and bumming and then they did uh you know they did a bunch of scenes where they extrapolate the information and they do kind of basically a mockery of my life you know, she's at she's at her college dating uh a new guy already you know they, that would, you know what would be his nightmare and, so they, and i remember laughing so hard with like tears like laughter and tears coming out of my eyes watching them do improv about my life and for real uh it felt like oh everything it was the it was the first time i know this sounds kind of trite but it was the first time i thought oh well, everything's gonna be okay yeah. Um, you know, that, that moment where you can laugh at yourself, get outside of your, your kind of pain and misery and laugh at yourself and, and see yourself. And so I did have that realization in that moment. And I did actually think, holy cow, that's how powerful. It was the second time improv had had a powerful impact on me. Uh-huh. First being that kind of really cool class where I was like, holy cow, I never had a class. I never had a subject. I was not a great student. I never had something like really connect with me. So the high school class and those guys being so cool. And then finding myself at Indiana U at an improv show by myself and them um, doing, you know, lighthearted uh, jabs at my life and uh, and me feeling like, holy cow, this is powerful stuff. And yeah. I do remember that in that moment, not that I, I had, you know, um, I didn't have, you know, some kind of big vision for my whole life, but I did have a, I was like, holy cow, that is really powerful stuff in terms yeah. of ameliorating my feelings. And so then I auditioned for, the improv group the next day, which, uh, again, probably wouldn't have done, honestly, if I wasn't in a kind of bad space. Like, if I had been kind of okay and had friends, I probably would have, like, shied away from the opportunity. I don't jump at um, things like that because I feel too vulnerable, um, to be honest. The, the pain of rejection, which I was probably pretty sure I wouldn't make it, um, unfortunately, that's oftentimes my mindset. is like, ah, they, what would they like about me? Uh, I'm not good enough. Um, but I was in that space where I was like, I got nothing to lose. And so I, uh, and I, Mr. Schulte's, uh, words kind of, uh, echoed in my mind at the time. And so I auditioned and I weirdly, uh, made it. It wasn't a great audition or anything, but I weirdly made it and then did improv and kind of fell in love with it and long form and the deeper parts of it and studied it and had no idea that it was such a 
thing that had so much depth to it and theory and practitioners and how cool it was. And then I went to Second City for the first time when I was in college and we went to uh, IO and um, just kind of felt totally, you know, long story short, again, fell totally in love with it, did it all four years in college. And uh, that's, I guess, the beginning pieces of oh, it all. Is that too long? Well, no. no, 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 no. So, so I mean, there's some, there's so many common themes of there where it's like, well, first of all, that, that initial yes of like, you needed a, you, it was something as simple as you just needed a class to fill. Right. So sometimes the, the, I, I, I've thought about that in my own life of these just simple moments that yeah. sometimes didn't even feel like some big grand fork or junction, but for right. you, like you, I, I needed a class to fill and your mom's like, Hey, what about this guy? So, so how, somehow she ended up in his class probably years ago. And this simple yep. moment of you're like, okay, why not? Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, yeah, then this think about that too. It's often in the mundane, right? It's often in those like, yeah, I thought yeah. about that too. It's in like these very simple, tiny things that aren't, you know, you, you look back on them and they seem, you know, I, I've told that story a billion times and I, and I've kind of reckoned with it, but it is such a, it's such a high schooly kind of like, I don't know, I got to do something. Yeah. Well, and, and, and that's, and, and, and I, 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 you know, I, I nerd out about the, these parallels cause that's, that's what we do on stage too, is that something that's mundane or simple or a simple flub up of a word turns into this whole thing. And then, that, and then sometimes in life we spend so much time dwelling over the big, big things that it's sometimes just something so simple as like, yeah, I'll, I'll do this or I'll, I'll, I'll turn left instead of the right. And then you fall in love, you fall in love with your, you meet your significant other. And that's, that's yeah. how you, your children are born and on and on and on. So this, yeah. this one little, yes, I'll, I'll, I'll take this class. Cause I need a class. And mom said, this guy was cool. And then yeah. that was the right guy in your life. And he turned it and he influenced and said, and in a kind word that he said to you that then you're like, Oh, well maybe when I do go to college, I'll try this thing. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. It, it's, You're right, though. Yeah. That is the, the the significant other meeting thing is the is like the perfect evidence for what we're talking about here. You know what I okay. mean? Like because ever well, and you you did it. You you said it. It's just like that is everybody can understand that, right? Yeah. Which is that there nobody has really met, I guess, a, a more modern culture or whatever outside of accidents. They're always. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like we yeah. all exist. Because like I, I happen to exist and have a life because my dad's car broke down and he like asked the gal at work if he could borrow her car. Like I, my whole life exists, you know yeah. what I mean? Because my dad's stupid car broke down, and that's like everybody's story. Everybody's story about like their parents is like, yeah, it was just like jacking around, and then I met. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, that's the perfect evidence that uh, big, huge things happen by <laughs> circumstance and randomness and and everybody can connect to that because everybody exists because of something (laughs) totally ridiculous but wherever your parents met is so random and weird yeah that it's all the evidence we need that big (laughs) things happen out of little random things and then it goes back to like what i say at the beginning like we spend all this time dwelling about and stressing about all these big things and whatever oh i gotta i have to have this grand master plan and then the, the probably the most significant thing in your life, yeah, it happened because yeah, you, you, your your parents' car broke down, or yeah. someone yeah. went to this gym versus that gym that day, or something, right. you know. <laughs> yeah, I know. If you could just tell everybody, I you know it's like the relationship advice is like, um, 
Like, oh, how am I going to find a partner? It's like, ah, your car's going to, I don't know, your car's going to break down one day. <laughs> right. and be somebody there. <laughs> yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? Like, you're going to ask somebody for a stick of gum. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 yeah. So it's like, yeah, so that, that and then, uh, <laughs> just sometimes just the, the randomness of, and, but, but it takes you saying yes. If you didn't, if yeah. you hadn't said yes. Yes. You that's say, right. Yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, uh, I, in my book, I, I was sitting on the couch and, and Mike McGuire called me and asked me to, 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 to go to see a show at the tin can. And I started to say no. Cause I just, that was where I was in my life. And then I was like, okay. And then, yeah. <laughs> that spun out into a thousand things that are important to this, this moment right now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. Um, I mean, yeah, we can track it all the way back. You know what I mean? Like we're yeah. only here because some guys in high school weren't mean to me when I expected them to be. That's the only reason we're here. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. I know. It's so it, crazy. It, it, it will. And it goes back to like the, 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 the importance of being kind to people. Those guys may yeah. not even remember you. Maybe they yeah. do. Maybe they don't. I don't know. And, and, and Mr. Schulte's not here, but he, for whatever reason in that moment said something nice to you that was yeah. encouraged you to go do it beyond here. And yeah. how, in, how important those kind words are to. Yeah, you're right. Even even if it's just like you're you're in you're checking out at the store and you you're just a human to the other human versus yeah. treating them like uh oh they're just this or just that like we're human just let's just be be nice to each other <laughs> yeah right no yeah you're right yeah the, the yeah the choice of kindness is a big it's a big piece of that mm -hmm. you're right and I see that reflect. That's that's obviously reflected in your that you had this experience of safety and and safety in that class when you felt vulnerable and, and nervous or scared and I yeah. see that very much in the way your you and your teachers treat people you create oh, a nice. safe safe environment that helps people come out of their shell and, and they're okay. It's, it's, there are no mistakes and you try and you do it and it's mm -hmm. funny. And then there are even times I, I, I was on stage and I did stuff and it was, I was like, that was a terrible scene. And the teacher was like, okay, great job. And you know, <laughs> <laughs> right. But, yeah. And I'm like, I know it wasn't, but it was yeah. not because of that. I'll try again. You know? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, you got to find that balance of like a constructive note. And when someone's in the headspace to accept it, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. oftentimes, like, I, I guess sometimes like right in the moment when they're already feeling bad, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> exactly. No need. We'll, no, we'll circle back on like the big takeaways <laughs> of the day after, you know, they've already, because whatever they're doing to themselves is probably worse than anything I can say. They're already exactly. beating themselves up. So <laughs> right. yeah, it's finding that balance so that people can receive the note. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, you know, yeah. Um, that has been a thing at, at that place is, um, is, is trying to, trying to meet people in person, which is a thing, right? Especially now yeah. more than ever. Yeah. Um, and have human beings have a thing where the curriculum kind of is centered around like a big piece of it. Like you can't do, you just can't, you can't do it and not, and, and be a jerk. You know what I mean? Like it just doesn't work. Like it's, it's not just like a touchy feely let's all love each other thing it's like no the work actually suffers like people mm -hmm. will not go down those rabbit holes and improv um so it's 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 a funny thing where like kindness is like 
not just a superfluous, like we're all nice people thing, but it's like, no, that's what we need good work. And the good work happens through kindness. If that makes any sense at all. It does. And yeah, something I don't remember at some point you stop remembering exactly who said what mm-hmm. <laughs> you were. Yeah, we're all copying each other. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's, there it's you all go. plagiarized. <laughs> um, how, you know, the, the community, uh, you know, almost you have to be a, a kind and supporting per- person to stay because you're getting up there, first of all, and doing something that's extremely vulnerable and you're making it all up. And if you want your friends to support you and so you support them. So it just comes this like this, uh, you know, flywheel kind of thing yeah. that but if it, if you stop doing that and then they're not going to support you and then it's all. It's, it's all sucks. It's not yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the momentum of it, it's just a, yeah, right. Uh, you, you know, whatever the cliche, you know, you get what you give out or whatever it is, but uh, what goes around comes around. But yeah. Yeah. And something else, you, you we talked about um, going back to when you were at college and you saw that poster. Yeah. And after, after a breakup. And again, that's, yeah. um, I wrote about that in Afterlife that, you know, that, on the backside of everything I went through, I realized it's sort of this winter of life and some winters can be big and long and dark. And sometimes it's, it's a breakup or a, a setback in something that you can get past quicker, but it's sometimes those, those little win, little or big winters that maybe open us up to trying something different or yeah. open us up to change, you know? Yeah. I'd have to say, uh, what, maybe 60% of everybody at the improv shop has just gotten out of a breakup. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, that have started classes. Now, I mean, I'm being hyperbolic, but it's, it's a, it's not an insignificant amount of people that are like, I don't know. I just came through a breakup. I just moved here as another thing. I'm feeling kind of yeah. vulnerable. They're basically saying I need people. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like I just need to be around other human beings because maybe my biggest, you know, if they're moving, it's their other their human beings are gone, right? They just left some human beings. If they're going through a breakup, it's because maybe one of their most important human beings is gone. And so they find this stuff oftentimes because I think, you know, consciously or subconsciously, they just want to be around other human beings. Exactly. Yeah. And the people and sometimes people find it through CrossFit or yoga or mm-hmm. or some meetup group that, that, that just, a, we, we need community. We need people. Yeah. And, 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 uh, when we're in those vulnerable, scary, sad times is when we're more open to that. And, and yeah, you're, you know, I'm wearing, I'm wearing my, uh, improv shop okay t-shirt promise. today. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, <laughs> that, which is like that, that <clears throat> the, the improv shop provides that. And it's, it's like, just like, it's like indoctrinated on the wall, like, you know, to like give people this <laughs> hug and love and support. And, you know, I know I have a picture of that scribble somewhere around. The oh, house, somewhere. Okay. Okay. Um, something else I wanted to hit on too, um, was, um, one time you told a story in one of our, one of the first classes I took, um, that reminded me of something, um, I later read, well, I later read something about Picasso that reminded me of what you said. So you, you talked about in improv, you like tap into that self, that part of yourself that like when you were a kid and you were, had a matchbox car and you're, you're yeah. waiting with your mom or whatever, and you're just yeah. driving around, you get this whole story going on in your head that yeah. kids have no problem with that, with yeah. just, and, and, um, 
my experience, and I know that it's been true for a lot of other people, is you did hel- helping helping me tap into that kid in me that that was there that the 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 voices you know the the adult voice was like no that's you can't do that anymore you can't be like that anymore <laughs> right <laughs> letting me tap into that in that safe space on stage gave me the confidence to start st- tapping into that in other areas of my life oh, that's to awesome. realize to realize like how how much of how much of the structure that was in place in my life was self-imposed yeah you know and, yeah, and or co- imposed. Uh, yeah, self-imposed, but but by via probably imposers at some point. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like you believe you 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 eventually had to impose on yourself, but because I remember reading something. I think it was in Keith Johnstone's book Impro, um, and the where he's like uh, he says something like, "I can draw as well as I could when I was in fourth grade." Because in fourth grade is when I started getting like critiqued on my drawing. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm done. You know what I mean? Like yeah. once you hear like, ah, that's not really good. And Bobby's over there is a bit better. You go, oh, okay, I guess Bobby's better. You know what I mean? Like so many kids, that's like a huge thing. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, well, that kid's better. So I guess I'm not going to be good. And that's just a kid that's in my class. God only knows what's going on in the, the grand scheme of all the art classes. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, so eventually you, you are the one that stops doing the drawing, but, but through some assistance by someone who judged it, you know what I mean? Or yeah. probably, I don't know. That you Well, you, you start, you start carrying those voices yourself and critiquing mm-hmm. yourself and telling you what you can't do and what you're not. And you're not good. The whole imposter syndrome isn't just, we aren't born with that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Right. Yes. Right. Yeah. That's the thing with that, with the, because I do remember, I, I tell that story often uh, about like just playing with a Hot Wheels car as a kid. And like, I imagine my whole family and we were like going on this adventure and like, no one teaches you to do that. That's innate, right? Like no one mm-hmm. was like, okay, when you, when you play make-believe and you got a matchbox <laughs> car, like here's the thing you want to, you want to imagine this and stories work like that. You just do it. And, uh, yeah. and I, now I have a three-year-old and I watch him do it. Uh, and like the things don't make you know, what he's doing with his you know action figures don't make all the sense in the world, but no one's teaching him to, you know what I mean? No one's like, okay, yeah. you play with an action figure, make sure it makes linear logical sense in terms of what the story is. Exactly. He's just doing his thing. Yeah. Um, and, and, and they'll bring yeah. together like, uh, you know, cart characters from two different worlds that yeah. don't exist. And then they're, they're, Correct. you know, yeah, we would put my brother and I would put together like these battle scenes with like He-Man characters and Transformers and GI Joes, like all in one big epic Lord of the Ring battlefield. Yeah, right. <laughs> because why not? Yeah. It's brilliant. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like in, in its own way, not to like over, I don't know, not to over, uh, romanticize it, but it is brilliant. I mean, like if you, I mean, I don't, I'm not a big Star Wars guy. Like, I don't really know what's going on there. And I, I mean, I watch them and I kind of enjoy them. I haven't seen all of them, but like, right, like to me, and I know there's a whole like it makes sense to like real Star <laughs> yeah. Wars nerds, yeah, right. but like what we're describing about like what our kids are doing and what we did as kids is what Star Wars seems like. Me, it's like, ah, you got this thing here. Like this toy seems like it's from a whole different. <laughs> right like this is a big like stand-up dog and then like he's with a human but they're in the future and they can you know what i mean like it makes no sort of magic yeah yeah like it sounds like a four-year-old came up with it exactly that's why four-year-olds love it yeah yeah right (laughs) um oh so going back to that real quick the uh sorry yeah no 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 uh picasso what he said was 
every child is an artist. The problem is how to remain an artist once he grows up. Yeah. Like we, we forget like we, something like you said, someone, someone tells us we're not good at something. And then eventually we start telling ourselves that I've had people tell me that about language. They're like, well, that's, they know, like, are you studying, studying Italian? Like, Oh, I, I could never learn a language. Like, well, you learned English. Yeah. <laughs> you got that one. <laughs> down right. You have the capability. <laughs> Correct. And then, so they, whether it's language or drawing or whatever, sometimes we just decide we're bad at something and stop. Yeah. And yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I think, yeah, that happens, I guess, all the time with like almost everything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. otherwise, we'd all know all sorts of things. But uh, yeah, they, those are, yeah, you know, I guess just limitations that we put on ourselves. Yeah. And then whether and as we get older, a... I think it gets, as we get older, I do think it, it becomes easier to just say no because you got kind of, you don't want to ruffle the feathers of the unknown. I guess it's a protective thing. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this makes any sense, but I think sometimes it's just a too... way to, sorry, go ahead. No, um, sometimes when we're young, we're constantly trying new things. You know, our parents sign us up for T-ball mm-hmm. and this and that and the other. So we're trying new things and then we finally decide what we're good at. And then we, then we get to a certain point in our lives, especially when people become professionals and they're like, I'm a, I'm a this or I'm a that. And they know they're really, really comfortable at doing whatever they do for a living. And maybe the three or four other things that they're excited about. Um, and then they're afraid to look dumb or stupid or be right. new or be a freshman. Yeah. And, and so yeah, all it. that I could never, do, I could never do that. I, I, some people with language is a big thing is because they're afraid of, of, of sounding like a child. And it's like, yeah. Um, for whatever reason, I had already learned a second language. So I knew I, 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 as an almost adult had gone through that experience. So then I didn't have that. And then improv reinforced it even further. And it's like, the point is just to communicate and learn and try and, and whether it's learning, you know, when I learned improv, I had never done, I'd, I'd been in a play in eighth grade out in the diary of Anne Frank. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah, I was nervous about doing that. Um, but yeah, I, you can't tell someone not to be afraid, but if you can remember, if you can remember when you went through something new and learned it and conquered it in some manner, how good you felt on the backside. I try to yes. help remember, help people remember that. Yeah, that and, and it's really important to create an environment where that is the norm, trying things and failing and everybody being okay with it. You know what I mean? Like the environment, the, the water has to be warm. Yeah. If the water's not at all warm uh, for that kind of experimentation and failure. Uh, it's game over right away. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, on the first day of improv classes that I teach, I try to do a bunch of different activities where you know, the sooner you can get them like, you know, on all fours and being dogs uh, and, and looking <laughs> silly and being okay with it. And, you know what I mean? Like yeah, doing silly walks and, and all that stuff, the better, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. For the most part for the better because day one, like if you can't, if you can't kind of look dumb uh, it's just not going to work. You know what I mean? Like it just, you yeah. can't do it. So finding, yeah, yeah. finding ways to make people feel warm and supported while they're doing something that feels very vulnerable is an important trick to that. For sure. And you're working with people, all different backgrounds, everything. So, yeah. Okay. So we heard, we heard the, your, or the, the part of your origin story where you, you know, you got, you got bit by the spider, right. you got bit by the improv bug. 
Um, let's, do you remember the moment where, wherever that was in your timeline where you thought, maybe I'll have a theater one day or I want, or even like, I want to have a theater. Yeah. Yeah. A couple different times. Uh, I remember thinking it in college at some point, um, because we would go to Chicago. I went, you know, like I said, I went to DNU and we would go to Chicago and I just thought it was the coolest thing in the world. Uh, seeing these shows and, and lights out shows, things that were hilarious and, I have moments when I was in college that I saw shows that made me cry that were touching and, and a, just powerful feelings all around. Yeah. Um, and I remember thinking, I don't think that's in St. Louis really. Um, long form improv was my cup of tea. Uh, you know, I like short form and that's how I got started. And I think it's super fun and I wish I was better at it. And I, I still love it, but I felt kind of head over heels with long form improv in college. And, um, so in college, at some point, as, as a fleeting thought, I thought, oh, that could be a cool thing to maybe do one day in St. Louis. Then I moved to Chicago after college. And I think the most fun, I mean, I still have a blast doing improv now. Um, I had a blast trying to learn improv in Chicago. But I think where I had the most, most fun, rich experience at times was in college uh, with my college friends. And I really was just chasing that, I think. You know what I mean? Okay. Like doing shows for pretty big audiences, but local audiences. Um, I never was very good. I didn't try it very much. So I never really felt a, a strong attraction to sketch comedy. Um, and so I moved to Chicago to be a teacher, a high school teacher. At that time, I was an English teacher. Oh, cool. I moved to Chicago uh, to be a high school teacher, but I also moved there to be in Chicago to keep studying improv. I wanted to keep it in my life. I do remember at the end of college being really sad that it felt like one of those things that was attached to school. Yeah. Um, so like, you know, I, I still teach high school and like, it's kind of sad and, and I don't know what the right word is. Uh, it's like really sad when kids that played, you know, at, for their level, like really competitive football or whatever. And then being like, well, I guess now I'm just done. Like this yeah. thing that gave them so much is attached to school in this kind of funny, weird, randomy kind of way or whatever. And, um, and they're just like, all right, well, that's my last football game. And I was like, but that was so, you know what I mean? Like the camaraderie yeah. and all the, all the little life lessons that they got out of it that are probably comparable to the ones we're talking about with improv. So I do remember that. I remember being like, oh my God, at, at age 22 or whatever, I was like, I guess I'm done with improv, but that seems really sad. Yeah. So I went to Chicago because I didn't have any other kind of plan for how to keep it in my life. I mean, it was essentially just how do I keep this thing in my life? Went to Chicago. I was teaching for the first time at age 22, teaching high school. It's a full-time English teacher up uh, in high school, teaching high school. And then I was trying to do these classes. And I was a media I, – I, I skipped class because I was teaching. I, you know what I mean? Like I had like a full, you know, whatever, adult job or whatever. And, uh, so I didn't do the classes very well. There were some really talented people. I always say this and it's not, it's not false modesty. I wasn't very good. I mean, I was, wasn't, I wasn't a great student. I didn't like some of the, like, well, we got to go hang out with this teacher. Cause the stakes were higher in Chicago, I think, yeah. than probably in St. Louis. And people were really authentically, earnestly trying to like get to the next level of second city or Saturday Night live or whatever. And I always say one, 
for sure would not be good enough. Like that's, I would not have been like, I'm, I'm, no part of me thought like, I think I'll probably eventually end up on SNL. Not only yeah. would I, was I not good enough to do it? Uh, I also like, didn't have any interest in wasn't your dream. That. Like, that did not seem fun. The re- again, going back to the rejection thing and fear of rejection, like, yeah. Suffering for all of my twenties getting rejected. So I just like, I'm very immediately was like, well, why am I in Chicago doing this when it's like, kind of at this level of people angling for the next level, which is super cool and really awesome and a really robust community, but just didn't feel like my scene. Like I just wanted to get back to what it felt like in college. Uh, I wanted it to be live. I wanted it to be local kind of audiences packed into a theater like sardines as much as possible um, where people are kind of, you know, you know, just that feeling of kind of like a bootstrapping it or something. Um, feeling so did Chicago for a couple years uh kind of uneventful for for me and then uh just decided to I, I always liked St. Louis I never necessarily thought well I'll be gone forever then came back to St. Louis and there was some cool improv stuff going on already um there was uh the improv trick and I'm not sure if there was um the thing at Union Station still I think there was a thing called I think it was a comedy sports at one point. Andy would know better than I would. Okay. Um, but there was the station, station, some other stuff yeah. going on, on that was super cool. Um, and uh, But they were doing different stuff, some more short form kind of stuff. And I was like, well, I'll just try and see if I can offer long form improv classes and just see where it goes. Mainly because I was back in St. Louis and I just wanted to keep doing it. I uh-huh. always say like there wasn't totally a huge vision of like a big theater or anything like that. It was just like, how do you keep the thing in your life? It just kind of built from there. But that was the impetus for it was I was back in St. Louis and I wanted to keep doing it myself. And I wanted to keep this thing I loved in my life. Yeah. So yeah, you had, you had a great experience with it. It impacted you. And then you, but you, that's so it's, it's, it's another great example of just like, yeah, you didn't just like, just like when you signed up for the class instead of Spanish, yeah. Like I'm doing this because I'm going to have an improv theater right. one day. Y- yeah, it right, was, right, right. It, it was still just another yes. And of like, well, I'm here and I'm going to do this and I like this thing and, and I don't want it to be over cause I'm not in high school and, uh, I'm just going to do, then you, you do like a Craigslist thing or something. Is that the story I yeah. heard? Yeah. So yeah, I'm do this right. Craigslist. Yeah. I posted an ad on Craigslist and just said, yeah. you know, I'm, I'll meet you at the public library. I think was the first meeting. Yeah. Well, and it is another great example, another fun example of like, cause like last week I had, um, uh, Jody Werner came on and she talked about her, yes. her fooding and her food and her cooking and she's doing it in her yeah. kitchen and now thinking about yeah. spaces. And I was like an example of like, you know, when you start people sometimes don't start a dream because in their brain, like, well, if I'm going to have an infant theater, I have to have a room that sits 300 and I have to have this Correct. and this and this. And then how am I going to get a loan for a million dollars to do all these things when I've right. never done it any, even in a, in a library? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. You hear yeah. these stories all the time, but they're so true. Like, just like, uh, just start doing the thing and it takes care of itself. You know what I mean? Like if you have there's no grand vision, you know, unfortunately, I wish there was a great story. It's just like, I just got to keep doing the thing I want to do and we'll see how it goes. And thankfully yeah. there were people around that wanted to do the same thing and it just gained momentum out of that sheer kind of people wanting to keep doing it, you know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, it is, 
Yeah, you wouldn't be knowing what I know now. You wouldn't, you know, like you hear this is such a cliche about these kinds of things that become a thing. Like knowing what I know now, I wouldn't have ever. <laughs> it's a yeah. bit, you know what I mean? Like you, you wouldn't ever. You have to be kind of I don't know naive or whatever to be like, well, I just we'll see. Maybe I'll have an improv theater one day, and we'll just see how it goes. But you have no idea what. You yeah. Think about liquor licenses and property <laughs> right. taxes. And just like I got to keep doing the thing, and then we'll figure the rest of it out. Exactly. It is. It is pretty. It's pretty improv-y in that way, right? Like you just start the thing, and like any good scene, it just you know it's the people around you that say yes to the thing, and it gathers momentum just by sheer kind of luck and and hopefully around people that share what it can be. Yeah. Well, and and you know you said you said in the middle of that like, well, I wish there was this big great story. Like to me, that is the story. Is that our our just say yes to say yes to something right. you're passionate about and something you're excited about and you're interested in and shit happens, man. Like you just, you, you, it's as little, like just, there's so many, you know, I said at the beginning, you know, I mentioned the stage of life. It's like, there's they're just, they're parallels, you know, like yeah. what's happening on a stage and someone says something silly and it turns into this whole thing at the end that you're like, Oh my gosh, how did that happen? That's our yeah. lives. But we got to yeah. say yes. You got to say yes. You know? Yeah. Right. And, yep. and, and sometimes people say, well, you can't say yes to everything. And that's, that's the other point is like, well, when you say yes to one thing, you are, you're saying no to something else, you know, indirectly. Right. And when yeah. you said yes to improv, you said no to Spanish, you know, maybe had you taken yeah. that Spanish class, you'd be uh, a Spanish professor now instead of, <laughs> <laughs> who knows? Yeah. I can guarantee that one is a no. Senor McKernan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i mean that is you're right that is that's the story of everything is there there's no real grand story i don't think for a lot of things mm-hmm. um, but that is that, that that the story is simply just moving back and yeah. trying to get some classes going get some yeah and so just got we, lucky so lucky that that first class that we got people in that class and um the people that were in it were so awesome and went along for, I mean, they were total yes. Anders, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they were excited. Think, you know, it's not the person that kind of starts the scene. It's all reliant on the yesing around it. That's mm-hmm. it. You know what I mean? So, you know, it would have been, you know, just saying yes to offering classes really is nothing. Right. right. I mean, it is something, you know, whatever, I, I, but it's the people that are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and we've just had, we've had incredible luck and, and just some really, I mean, just, some of the most incredible people uh, jump along for the journey and, and constantly say yes to yeah. the next step, the next iteration. By nature of what it was, you're like, I'm going to offer these classes in the library. The person, the person that said yes to that wasn't like, well, this isn't in a proper theater, so I'm not going to go. <laughs> right. <You know>? yes. <laughs> you're right. right. You got people who are like, yeah. this sounds, this sounds interesting. This sounds cool. I'm going to, I'm going to give this a try. So mm-hmm. just by nature of you doing what you could with where you were, you attracted other people that were like that. And that's why that's a piece of why the community is what it is. You know, maybe if you tried to be too corporate at first, those people couldn't have come or wouldn't have come or. Right. You know, so like attract likes, man. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I guess maybe as we, as we wrap this up, you know, what is, is there something that you are most grateful for and most excited about yeah um most grateful for not to sound like a broken record i'm really really grateful for the people that um i've been lucky enough to do this whole thing with 
Um, like I said, I mean, it's a little bit of a rehash of what I just said, but mm-hmm. it really doesn't mean no idea, no anything means anything if you're not surrounded by just incredible people. So there's no doubt about it. hundred percent answer is in, incredibly grateful for everybody that's had a piece of this journey from students to teachers, to friends, to bartenders, to box office staff, to, uh, everybody has a, a hand in it. It, it works only because there's an, a bunch of incredibly loving, good-natured, good-faith-filled, challenging uh, at times in a good way um, people. Um, so that would be what I'm grateful for. In terms of what I'm most excited for, in terms of improv, in terms of um, that part of my life, the improv shop part of my life, I'm excited about it. Actually, you know, uh, if everything's a gift, there's no exceptions, uh, which is a hard thing to actually live out. And I don't know if I actually believe that all the time, but I, the idea that everything is a gift, I don't know if I believe, but I don't know if I've ever met a reason to not at least try to live by it, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's like, uh, uh, I don't know if I think everything is a gift, but I might as well <laughs> try to treat everything like a gift, if that makes yeah. sense. And, um, so obviously they're horrific results of a worldwide pandemic and I'm not making light of all the suffering that has happened. Um, the, that is not a gift at all. Right. However, starting from scratch to some degree at the improv shop, um, and scaling it back down, uh, actually seems like a fun, cool challenge. And actually maybe where we're at our best, uh, which is a little bit scrappier and getting back down. Like it, it forces you to ask all of those big questions that sometimes get lost when you get bigger and, and you have lots of employees counting on you. And and again, there's some real disaster there, right? In terms of people we had to let go or, or whatever. So I'm not making light of that, nor am I um, saying that that's a good thing. But sure. there is some excitement to be had of scaling it back down, getting it down to its essentials, and trying to rebuild it. Um, I think that's a sweet spot for us is when we're a little bit scrappier, a little bit, you know, we're doing what one show and one jam a week, which is how the thing started. Yeah. And uh, that feels comfortable right now in a good way. Give us some time to reflect on what does this thing really look like? What do we really want it to do? Because it's like an improv scene, like, right? Like it takes off. And you're like, oh, God, I'm not even in control of this thing. Like the Herald, you know, takes off and you're like, what the hell? How did we get here at the end? And the improv shop, dare I say, uh, is kind of like that. It kind of took off and I really didn't plan for it to. And it just kind of did its thing. And and then we had this huge thing and you don't have a lot of time to reflect because you're trying to keep up with it. And uh, so now to get back to learning all the stuff that we've learned, failing in all the places that we've failed, maybe succeeding at times as well. And getting back down to its essentials is kind of exciting. Having the same talks that we had kind of 10 years ago about curriculum and what should yeah. the shows look like and stuff like that's pretty cool. I'm I'm excited about that for you all. And I totally get what you're saying of like you you're not you're not ever happy about something bad that happened. Like correct. You're never happy about a, a tragedy, but all you can do is like, well, what can I learn from this and go forward with it? And, and, and on a on a bigger scale, like the Renaissance happened partially because of the Black Plague. I mean, is that right? Like, See, I know. Yeah, you're, like, you're, you're, yeah, a third of the I population didn't. died, and you know, yeah. there, all these people were like, "Life's short. We need 
it was the birth of humanism. Like we need to enjoy, we need to enjoy life now. And they started celebrating life. And then there was also this huge labor shortage. So then the feudal system was starting to destroy because like workers had more rights to, to demand more income. And so that, that was the whole thing. And, and in the middle of that, to bring it back full circle to improv is where Comedia del Arte was born. Yeah. Right. Right. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's Um, awesome. Yeah. So you don't, you never ask for those winters. You never ask for those bad mm-hmm. times and you don't, you're not happy for them for, but, but they, they can be a period like a, a wildfire where then new growth can come in and, and you're stronger and better because of that. And again, you, when you make it through then your backside, you're not, you're like, I think that I'm like, shit, there's another, there, there'll be a winter again in all our lives. Yeah. So like we yeah, hunker right. down and we get through it and see what we can learn from it. Right. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. That's the nature of life. So, um, so the theater, so you say you're doing one show, uh, or doing two shows a week now, but one day, one day a week, right? We're doing Thursday. We do a jam. Okay. And then Friday we do Thursday, a show. Okay. Okay. Thursday and Friday. Thursday, okay. Friday. Are those both at seven o'clock? They're both at eight o'clock and both, at both eight o'clock. free. Both free. Okay, cool. So people can find that at the improv shop.com. And That's then right. what about classes? Classes, um, small, uh, we, we made the class size a little bit smaller. We rethought about some of the curriculum. Andy uh, Slowey did uh, most of that over um, the past few months and a couple random workshops. I think we have a level one going uh, starts in August and then we'll, we'll just do the same thing. We'll just keep on kind of offering classes as, as the need arises. Okay, cool. So I've, anyone listening, if you ever thought about that, I highly, highly recommend if it's full, then just get just, Sign up for the next one. Go see some shows. Um, you'll you'll learn something about yourself. You'll conquer some fears if it's something you're scared of, and make some make some good friends. So give it a shot. Yeah, thanks. So absolutely, man. Um, well, hey, uh, Kevin, I super appreciate you. Super glad to see. Super the appreciate show. you. Yeah, super glad to see the theater opening back up and people there and yeah. having fun and see what yeah. this uh, next wave of uh, classes and stuff generates in terms of people and relationship. How many more babies will be born because of, because you said yes to taking <laughs> an improv class many yeah. years ago? That's the thing, man. That goes back, right? right. It's the same thing as my dad's car breaking down. It's hey. like, yeah, I was in this improv class because I didn't know what the hell to do with my Sundays. And there you were. And now we have this child. <laughs> Anyone named a kid after you yet? Uh, not that I know of. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it's gonna happen man <laughs> <laughs> so, i don't know if that's a good thing but <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, cool well hey uh thank you again so much of and course i hope everybody will go to the improv shop com and check it out take some classes see some shows have some fun make some friends nothing bad can come from any of that so awesome cool. all right well, thank you buddy all right all right bye-bye Okay, everybody, that is a wrap for my episode with Kevin McKernan. I'm so, so grateful that he came on and spoke with us today or had a conversation with me and, and you all, and that he was that he was so kind to to spend some time with me to share to share his cool, cool story that you can just see it's, it's just it just perfectly captures what I'm trying to do here and just show people like or just give us examples, me included, of like 
it's, it's sometimes this little things that we say yes to that we don't, we don't entirely know. We don't know their impact. We're just, Hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to turn left instead of right. I'm going to take this class instead of that class. And, uh, we don't know, we don't know what the impact of all that is. And just, but we, we follow the fun and we follow our passions and we keep saying yes and keep, you know, keep, um, keep, uh, moving toward what's pulling us, you know, there were a lot of opportunities he could have, uh, Kevin could have like stepped away from improv, but he, he kept with, kept up with it after, after high school. And then, and then it, after he graduated college, he kept going to shows and taking classes and then he came back to St. Louis and wanted to keep it as part of his life. So he started, uh, started the improv shop with, you know, on Craigslist, you know, going, you know, going to the library. So just, that's what I'm saying. Say yes to, to say yes to that thing, whatever it is, and take a class and, and, and call a friend and do something small that just takes you toward what's pulling you. It doesn't have to be your something that you see as this big grand dream, but if this curiosity that's pulling you, move toward that. Say yes to that and, and take some action. Um, so... Ah, I was really excited about that. There's a lot of, there's so many great lessons there about, you know, on the receiving end of, 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 um, having people help you. And then just the importance of being kind, you know, those, those, all the football players in there, uh, were, were kind to Kevin and supportive to him and that, that helped him help, help keep that momentum or build momentum that turned into what it is now, which I'm grateful for, because if you read afterlife, you know, again, how many, how many ways that this art form has, has impacted my life in a very, very positive way from people that I know and experiences that I've had and the healing that it helped me with, um, after my, um, after my winter. And, you know, like I was joking around with Kevin at the end, but like, I know so many people that have gotten married and are having babies and this whole little improv baby boom that's happening, uh, because of this random class that Kevin signed up for however many years ago. So <laughs> it's just funny. This butterfly effect is pretty, pretty powerful sometimes. So again, that's a wrap. Um, if you are curious about it, about any and all of that, again, please go to the improvshop.com, check out their classes, check out their shows, go have a drink, make some friends, take some friends there. And you never know what could happen. You never, ever, ever know. So say yes to that. And again, all my, all my, well, my return listeners, thank you so much for coming back. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your support and feedback and all the help that you've been giving me along the way. And if you're new again, thank you so much for joining me. I hope you will like, and subscribe for future episodes as I try to continue to, to, um, expand on what I'm doing to provide help and advice and inspiration and stories to help you say yes to your dreams and move toward what you're trying to do. So again, if you're new, go to carloblog.com and you can find all kinds of stuff out about me and videos and uh, reviews of the book and how to buy the book and how to, you know, where all to find the, the podcast, which is basically anywhere you might listen to podcasts. So I'll quit rambling. That's all I got. Thank you so much. Uh, again, say yes to your dreams. Have fun along the way and enjoy your journey. Thank you so much.